0: that many many people do watch uh afterwards which is fine absolutely you know uh, we do get a lot of feedback about watching afterwards which that's great no matter what uh as long as it is being beneficial is what we uh what i felt like the lord was saying is just help people and it always works that always helps people um, when you when you do that, when you help people, it always helps people. That's that's how I got my story. Somebody started helping me, just being practical and loving on me and caring for me and just asking me different questions. So uh, I'm gonna pray, and then we will begin. Father, Lord, there is not a moment in time that's wasted. God, we we don't have to waste a moment. And God, I thank you, Lord, that tonight that we can zone in to your presence and to what your uh, Holy Spirit is saying. And we can leave change. We can choose to be different. We can walk away healed, restored, and made new in just a few moments. Lord, it doesn't have to be a big extravaganza, but it can just be a few moments with you and we can be absolutely different. And Lord, I pray tonight that that very thing would happen, God, that people that are looking for hope, God, that are they feel hopeless, and they feel like there's no way out. God, I pray tonight they would just zone in and get a few seconds of Your love that drips down from heaven in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, welcome to the Overcomers Support Group. We uh we meet at Rochester Assembly Thursday night six thirty. Um, of course, you know, and if you've watched any of these for any amount of time, you would know that we don't meet in person right now because most uh, most of life groups are out for the summer but we know that addiction doesn't take a summer vacation it doesn't say hey it's summer Uh, actually it increases during the summertime if you have ever been around addiction you understand that there are seasons and uh, usually when holidays come around addiction goes up through the roof usually when the new year comes addiction is up through the roof And summertime goes up through the roof so the most visited time or intake of a rehab comes after the first of the year after holidays and after the summer so it doesn't take a break so we know as we stay connected to each other and through the body of Christ and plugging into our life groups plugging into our Bible plugging into our the Holy Spirit in a relationship with Jesus we don't have to worry about uh, it taking a break. Jesus doesn't take a break from us, uh, although he probably should. But he doesn't. He doesn't need one. He doesn't get tired of us like we get tired of each other. Uh, but that's okay. He uh, he actually did step away sometimes. You know, I'm sure he was like, "Whoa, people are just crazy." So I know he uh, if he puts up with me, he'll surely put up with you. So uh, we we uh, we would normally meet at church. But we're meeting online. I do enjoy the online, uh, but it is not my first preference. My first preference is to be in person, to see people's face, for them to feel my heart and me to hear their heart and connect. That is um, that is God's heart is to connect with people. And uh, the online is great. We, uh, we do enjoy the tool that we have for now. But in six weeks, you can say six weeks or you can, type six weeks whatever you want to do uh, we will be meeting in person uh, as long as the governor still allows that uh, we are still meeting in church we are having great church services on Sunday so uh, in six weeks should that still be the case we will be meeting in person there will be social distancing um, of course you can bring a mask you can we'll give one out um, you know we, we just try to We'll just try to do the best we can with each other, and and, uh, and just help each other out. Look out for each other. That's that's what we try and do. Look out for each other, and uh, whatever we got to do to meet in person. Really, honestly. So, um, I want to uh, I want to share tonight something that I feel like has really really helped me in my recovery, and it helps me weekly. In my, in my life, in my Christian walk with Jesus. And honestly, this was the first thing that connected me to Jesus. I uh, I didn't give my life to Jesus because of the law or, or because the Bible was so well written. I, I just didn't. And I certainly didn't give my life to Jesus because the church was so great. Um, the reason I gave my life to Jesus is because he loved me when nobody loved me. He, he walked with me when nobody was wanting to really walk with me. He endured a lot um, that I put him through, a lot of mud that I drug him in. And, and, uh, and so I've developed a love for him. I, I love Jesus. I just love him. Um, I've, I've, um, I've loved a lot of other things, but I, I've learned that, that love of Jesus has anchored my anchored my soul, and and when when everything around me was was gone or burned up or or just mess or left, that was the thing that kept me in relationship with Him. So I'm going to share a little bit, and and I'm not exactly sure where it's all going to go, but I do feel like that that was what the the direction, the blueprint that I should take, um, because. You can serve Jesus by obligation or by rules, or you can serve Him by love. And let me tell you what: once the rules and everything else wears off, you know it doesn't take long. If you just serve Jesus out of rules or obligation, or you want to get to heaven, that just doesn't last very long. When when you begin to build a love for Him and a real appreciation for what He's done for you and how He's loved you when you were unlovable, uh, it's easier to serve Him in that fashion. I, I don't change things up in my life because I wanna be legalistic. I do that because I love Jesus and I love His presence. And when there's things that take His presence away from me, I remove them. And and kind of how I feel about life in the season I'm in is, if if it affects my relationship with Jesus, I cut it off. I just, that's how I feel about it. That shows him I love him. I can tell him, I love you, Jesus. But if there's stuff in my life that is grieving the Holy Spirit, then that shows Jesus I don't really love him. And so I want that intimacy with him because that's what keeps me going through the day. That's what fills my soul and and, and fills me up and helps me have compassion for other people, okay? Um Focusing on Jesus does so very much to us. Um, It would really be hard to explain what all happens as you focus on him. Um, As you focus on him, it takes the focus off of you immediately. So you're delivered from self, you know, in that moment, not forever, but in that moment you are, and then you begin to awaken to who he called you to be. And then, you know, I mean, there's so many things that happen, Uh, Peace enters your soul. Joy enters your soul. All the thoughts that were going crazy and you were restless and just about to flip out and manifest, then you're at peace and you're just calm. And that's what Jesus does. He calms everything in your life. As you behold him and you focus on him, uh, just totally focused on him, Um, it's just the same as if you focus on something else that doesn't bring peace but you focus on something else it starts bringing turmoil and you start getting anxious and anxiety and that's just how it is what you a mentor told me one time what you behold you become and if you focus on something long enough you'll become it and and I, so i just try to pay attention to what i'm what am i beholding what what is my all my time going? You know, sure you've got to work, you've got family time, absolutely. But after that, them are hours. That's that's what you that's what you're doing. That's what you that's what your desire is. What you do at that time before you go to bed. That's your desire. And what I've found out is as I behold him, maybe I just maybe I just sit there and. Watch a Christian movie or, 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 or a movie that's wholesome or something. Um, I just, I'm just, I don't know. It just does something to me. It, it helps me unwind, you know, as I read the Bible or, or I worship or, or whatever. Whatever the case is, it doesn't have to be religious. Uh, but I would say, you know, as, what I've noticed in my life, maybe I go sit on the back porch. Maybe I just go sit outside and I just look at the trees or, you know, just, just sit and relax and just let him love on me. That, that really is a lot. A lot happens there because you're able to take a breath. You're able to get your perspective, right? Because look, it's easy to lose it. It's easy to lose your temper. It's, it's so easy. Everything wants that to happen. You know, everything around you is just you know, and you know when you've had enough. You know, you just had too much, and so for me, in my in my past, that would be a trigger. That would be a trigger for me to go and do drugs, or go drink, or go look at porn, or wh- whatever the case is, to escape. That way, I could escape, or smoke a cigarette. You know, it's it's just a it's an addiction. Really, it's just an escape. And you've began to do that a bunch, so that's when it becomes a, an addiction it begins to rob from you and steal from you what well, it was meant for you to escape. But really, we can't escape anything. The best thing to do is to face it. As we face things with Jesus, we don't need to escape. He overcomes and we become overcomers. So, anyways, that's that's the focus is just focusing on him. There's so many things that vie for my attention, your attention, um pay attention to this, be afraid of this, be afraid of that, uh, be fearful for this, uh, think about this if you don't plan for this. And there's, I mean, there's just a million things and we just can't handle all that. Our brains, our hearts, our minds, that they're not built to take on that stuff. Now, yes, I think it's great to be informed, but you know when to unplug and say, man, I got to get with Jesus. I just got to go sit and listen to him, and just let him love on me. Let him unwind my heart. Let him un just. I just need to be undone with Jesus for a little while, and uh, listen. It will. It will help you. I promise. It will help you. It. It, it helps me. Isaiah twenty six three says this: You will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on Him. That means if your thoughts are fixed on him and you're thinking, Jesus, what are you saying to me? What would you like to say? Would you just give me a few seconds of your time? That peace is going to start washing over you. You're going to feel it. His presence start washing over you. And it could just be a few seconds. I'm not saying to go and be like D.L. Moody and spend two, three hours. You can, but as you do that, you know what's going to happen is you're going to realize I don't have to be stressed out. I don't have to be anxious. I can go and invite him in a few seconds. I can be totally different. And that that's what I call ruin. That ruins you. His presence and his love, they ruin you because they don't give the drugs an option. The, the drugs can't do what he can do they can't all it costs you is time now you can go out and go get a dime bag and it's going to cost you money and you got to go inconvenience yourself find the dope man hope he doesn't rip you and just all this stuff or you can just go get with jesus and he can give you what you need he can fix your heart he can... anyways that ruined me when i got in his presence he began to pour his peace into my life drugs didn't have a chance they just didn't. His love, it demands you to come towards him. When somebody loves on you and they show you affection, you wanna be around them. You wanna to move towards them. And that's what it was for me is Jesus was started loving on me. He just started intervening in my life. And uh and and that was issues my life was a mess and honestly it still is pretty good mess. but it just looks different so I mean there would just be instances where I would just see his love being poured out on me and I'm just like what is he doing why does he keep showing up I don't want him to show up I'm trying to deal with this court case I'm trying to get my life back I'm trying to stay out of jail. I'm trying to fight for my life. I don't want to spend my life in jail. And he just kept loving on me and, and, and moving on people's heart and, and just changing situations and, and just making things like awesome. And I didn't deserve that. And I knew I was guilty, so that's why it shocked me is I was like, why are you doing this? I'm guilty, let me do my time and be done. He had a better plan. I wasn't i wasn't pretending to be not guilty. I knew I was a sinner. I was a good one. And I liked to sin. But he just kept showing up and saying, hey, let me fix this. Let me take care of this. Let me love on you. And that was hard for me to do because I had I'd never let anybody love on me. I didn't feel that I needed to be loved on. I just didn't. What I didn't realize is how numb I was. I didn't realize my heart was numb and hard as concrete. I didn't, I didn't know that until he removed it and gave me a soft, responsive, tender heart. And then I was like, wow, man, life is great. Like, life is enjoyable. It, it can be... Enjoyment doesn't have to be stressful and fearful, and it doesn't have to be like that. So, uh, just the past couple of weeks, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about two people, gave me their names to pray for these people. And so, I was like, Okay, you know, I'll I'll pray for them because I'm sure somebody did that for me. I'm sure there's a lot of people. Uh, I got a letter one day from one of my mom's friends. And uh, she said, "You know, John, me and your mom, we prayed a lot of nights together when you were growing up." And I was thinking, "I bet you did, because I was out late, you know, when I was real young, like, like, not even, not even a middle schooler. Well, I was a middle schooler coming home two, three in the morning, you know. So that's, that's pretty reckless. So I figured that she was praying um, because they was not no cell phones back in them days." <laughs> So you didn't have the Life 360 app. (laughs) So I began to pray for these people. Then I told my wife about it. Hey, uh, let's pray for these people. Let's pray for this couple. God wants them to be together, so let's pray for them. And then I had this thought one day at work. I was like, Lord, what if they don't ever love you? What if they never respond to you? And he said, John, that's a chance I've been taken since humanity began. And I was thinking, holy crap. So you're willing to put your love out there and you don't even know if they're going to love you back? Like, that's rejection. That's a heartbreak. Why would you do that? And then I began to think, oh, wow. Well, what about, you know, I just began to think about my life and other people I know's life. And I was thinking, wow, I bet you, I bet you the Lord weeps. I bet he's not as tough as we think he is. I, and I'm sure that, I mean, we all know that the Lord is, uh, he can be, if you read the Old Testament, you can figure out that he's not too big of a softy. But what I begin to understand is he has a heart. He doesn't hate the world. He wants to save them. He wants to do whatever it takes to go and get them and so he wants to raise us up he wants to get us off drugs get our hurts habits and hang-ups gone so we can help other people we are the answer we are his answer for the world and a lot of people are like oh he's done with the world no he's not he wants to save them so anyways i began to pray for these people me and my wife both and um uh, I begin to think that's how a relationship with Jesus works is he begins to love on you. That's also how a relationship works. One person develops feelings or a love for someone and they begin to talk to them. They begin to get to know them and they develop a love for them. So that's the same way with the Lord. When he comes into our life, he begins to love on us and build a rapport with us, we begin to trust him and we begin to spend time in his word, getting to know his heart, and so I was thinking, this is a relationship thing, okay and then here's the thing as you're in a relationship with somebody the junk you have in your life, it it gets dealt with you know, whether you deal with it or they help you deal with it or they say, hey, you gotta deal with that or we're done it gets dealt with but the same way with the Lord. We've got junk in our life, and he comes to know us, and uh, really, he already knows us, but we just we come in to know who he is and his plan for our life, and then we begin to deal with the junk that separates us from him, because we don't want to lose that intimacy we have with him, right? So this all began to make sense to me, and it's all in the Bible. He's always trying to woo uh, the people or, or a nation to himself. And he's saying, hey, I love you. I'm trying to get your attention. I don't want you to be in this state. I want you to come out from where you're at and get closer to me. And that's, that's, that's what the, the track pattern is. Okay. One bad day doesn't determine your whole life. It's what you do after that bad choice I sat down with a young man three years ago he was uh, 12 years old and he made he made a bad choice and that bad choice um, it took his freedom away and it took his freedom away for a long time and so I went and met with him and and I remember what I said to him Because I thought about it like this. There's nothing you can do about what happened. You can't change it. You can't wish it away. You can't pray it away. So no matter what the decision was, um, you can't change it. All you can do is change from now forward. Every day of your life. So, one bad day doesn't mean the Lord's not going to use you. That's what I told him. God ain't done with you. Boy, he just got started. And listen, what you do, you have a free will. God will not violate that free will. But he wants to be in relationship. That, that relationship, that love that he pours on you, it will cause you to draw near to him. I don't remember ever a time when somebody walked up and told me that I was a sinner and it made me want to hang out with Jesus. It just didn't happen. But when somebody walked up to me and said, young man, God's got a call on your life and God loves you so much, he'll never let you go. He's relentless and he won't relent until he has it all. That compelled me to want to know God. Who is this God you're talking about? Who is this Jesus that died for me? Why did he die for me? Was I worth dying for? And so that brought me out of this dark life that I was living. I mean I was living in the projects, doing everything that that goes along with the lifestyle. Because that's what I knew to do. But when people began showing up in my life and saying, Young man of God, you are living below below your means. Young man of God, God's got a plan for you. And they began to call me up higher. And what it was was God's love going into my situation saying, God wants to hang out with you. He misses you. God wants to hear your voice. He wants to be with you, young man. Young man, God's trying to get your attention, not to beat you over the head, but to love on you. He's got his arms open wide so he can hug on you. And it, it messed me up. And it pulled me out of this addictive lifestyle and this destructive nature that I was in. It just, it just, I mean, it just pulled me out. So let's, let's take a peek just at, I probably only have time for one of these, but I had a bunch of them. Because if you look through the Bible, it's a love story. From cover to cover. All these people's lives, they were messed up. I mean, these, People were jacked up, just like us. And he was willing to chase them down and get involved in their life and work in and through them until they surrendered. That's what he did. So, Jacob. Let's just take a look at Jacob's life. Fairly easy story. If you've read the Bible any amount of time, you know what I'm talking about. Jacob was a trickster. That's how he started. So the Lord didn't find him in Bible college. He didn't find him sitting in a church pew. No, he was a trickster. Just think, he found me in a dope house. He found me in a jail cell. I wasn't in a Bible college. But he said, I'm going to start working on this boy. I've got a plan for him, and I'm going to work him, and woo him until he does that plan, until he surrenders. So listen, this is Genesis 27:33 through 36. I'm gonna grab my Bible, the the the, uh, the the physical Bible, no app, okay? I hey, I'm not knocking apps. I'm just saying I like to read the Bible. It's it feels good. It's you know it's, it's right here. It's the living. It's living. This thing's alive. All right, you ready? Okay, so this is 27, 33. All right, so I'm going to sum it up to this point right here. You ready? So Jacob takes his blessing from Isaac. All right, here we go. Isaac, his father, said, Who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. So this is Esau. He is, Jacob's playing Esau like he like he's the brother, like he's the firstborn. So he's tricking his dad into the blessing. Like he's not taking the mom's TV. He's taking the blessing, okay? I would think that that would disqualify his ministry. I would just think so immediately. That's like, you know, The unforgivable sin, you know, like. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, Who, when, or where where there he is, who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came. And I have blessed him, yes, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great exceedingly bitter cry. Bless me, father, bless me. He said, your brother came deceitfully, and he took your blessing. That's where Jacob started. So, let's see how God was working in this boy's life. This little knucklehead, that's what we'll call him. He's a knucklehead. All right, so here we go. So Jacob, we're going to move on. We're almost, we're going to move to almost 28. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing of, which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand, then I will kill my brother Jacob. That's what Esau is going to kill him now. I mean, that joker done stole from me. He done took my blessing and I'm just going, I'm going to have to kill him. So let's fast forward. Listen, so this is 2810. Okay. So Jacob know is coming. Something to happen. So then Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Yeah, because he was running for his life. Because the sun had set, he took one of the stones of that place and put it under his head and laid down in that place to sleep. This reminds me when I was in jail. I got put down, I got put in solitary confinement. So I took a toilet paper roll, stuck it behind my head, and went to sleep. I Man, I had no pillow, I ain't had no covers, I had nothing. All I had was a jumpsuit and a toilet paper roll because I was running from God. See what happens when you run from God? You either sleep with a rock or a toilet paper roll. Listen, he dreamed and saw a ladder set up on earth with the top of it reaching the heaven. The angels of God were ascending and descending. The Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, to to you will I give and to your descendants. So God done showed up to this little knucklehead boy that's on the run, and he's telling him, he's prophesying to him about what he's going to do in his life. The Lord stood above it. Oh, here we go. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, And you will spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your descendants and all the families of the earth will be blessed. Remember, I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised. Now this boy here, really, he's a knucklehead. In today's world, okay, yeah, yeah, God can't use that boy. He then stole the blessing from that daddy, deceived that guy. Yeah, he you can't use it. God shows up to him. He shows up in this guy's life. So he started a trickster, right? He's a trickster. Okay. Jacob did receive his harvest for sowing that bad seed. So don't, don't, don't. Hey, he didn't get away with it. Because he had to pay when it came to wifey time. When he wanted a wifey. When he was lonely, you know, he had to pay for it. He had to, you know, he got tricked. He got, you know, a little trick came back to him. He had to marry two different ladies because, you know, he got played. Okay? He played his brother and his daddy, but he got played too. So that was, uh, that's what they call it karma. That's just called reaping and sowing. Didn't mean God didn't love him. Didn't mean that he didn't have a plan for him. Listen, because he showed up in that boy's darkest hour and, and and told him, hey, this is my plan for you. This is what I got for you. Just keep the course. I'm with you. Let's roll. That's a good word when you're running from your life or you're running for your life. There is a story that I want to uh, share at the end. This is a. Uh, this is towards the. You know, this is towards the end of where Jesus was showing up um, after he had been crucified. He was showing up to his disciples, and he was just. You know, I mean, he knew these guys had really been through a lot with him. They had. Uh, he had poured everything into them. These were his. These were his people. So. Where I want to focus on is after he had died, they were kind of bummed out. They kind of went back to doing what they used to do. They were fishing again. You know, they just they just kind of went back to doing what they knew to do. You know, so where I want to pick it up, it's going to be in John 21, 1 through 14. All right, you got to listen to this because this still happens today I talk to people from time to time that they tell me hey man I think I think I encountered an angel today like I mean just something out of this world you know this person was just talking and saying stuff and they don't know me you know and and I think it was an angel showing up in my day-to-day world and just giving me encouragement and I thought that's cool because they they noticed it and the reason I'm saying that is as I read this story you're gonna go oh wonder if that happens to me it happens to all of us it's it's his love he wants to show up in your life he wants to love on you he wants to encourage you he wants to get you back going the direction he sent you on to begin with and that's that's the love of the father to just keep, you know, kind of guiding you back, you know, onto the road. We, we all, let's see, the easiest way to say this, we're all wayward. We all tend to go in, we all tend to go in one direction. Just our default. But his, his staff, <clears throat> it's, got a, it's got a hook on the end, so he can kind of hook us back in and get us back on the road. Which is good. That's what his love does. His love pulls us in. When we get over here and we're hanging out with Joe, Sally, Bob, and Jeff, and they ain't doing nothing good, you know, we're all talking about the same stuff. It ain't, it ain't beneficial to our spirit. It ain't uplifting or glorifying Jesus. And it ain't getting us out of addiction or getting us on a recovery road. He'll just woo us back on the road and, and you know, kind of get us back in which is good we all need that my wife does that for me a lot if you're married you know what I'm talking about they'll only let you go so far and then they'll kind of they'll kind of help guide you they're a little they're a little harsher than the Lord they just kind of slap slap you back into shape uh, so you know all right I'm gonna leave that alone because <clears throat> she might watch this video all right so this is 21 John 21 if you want to open your Bible, and read this story with me. Um, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, two more of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Then they said to him, we'll go fishing with you. They went out and immediately entered the boat, but that night they caught Nothing okay they didn't catch nothing they went fishing they all they did was fish and they didn't catch nothing all right so pay attention when the morning came jesus was standing on the shore but the disciples didn't know that it was jesus have you ever seen somebody and they're just you know they're just kind of no they're just kind of there you know and you're wondering what are they doing? You know, I think that about everybody. What are they doing? <laughs> well, you got to find out. Ask them what they're doing. So Jesus said to them first, "Children, do you have any fish?" Immediately, you know, they didn't like that. Children, these are grown men. Just think of somebody said, "Hey, young boy, what you catch anything?" And you're already be like, that's disrespectful. This is what they said. No. They probably said it like that too. He said to them, throw the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So, this guy, listen, you got to think, this is a stranger. They don't know this is Jesus. Who is this guy? He just called us children and then he's telling us, we done fished all night. We ain't slept. And he's going to tell us to throw it on the other side of the boat. We done did that. You know, that would be the time you, you go up to the shore and you put him in the net and take him out in the boat. You know what I mean? But, so this is what they did. They threw the net over. And now, they couldn't get the net in. It was had too much fish in it. Then the disciple who loved Jesus said to Peter, it's the Lord. That's the Lord. Because he had done that before, right? When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had taken off. That's scary right there. That scares me. Hopefully it was hot. (laughs) So he put his garment on and he jumped into the sea. I don't guess he was thinking he could walk on water, but he jumped in the sea. Maybe he was going to try that one again. The other disciples came in the little boat, dragging the net full of fish. They were not very far from the land, about 300 feet away. When they came to land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you caught. Simon Peter went up grabbed the net full of 150 large fish to land. Although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, like, and likewise the fish. This was the third time Jesus revealed himself to the disciples after he was raised, raised from the dead. You know what he showed up to do? He just showed up to love on them and mess with them and remind them what they were supposed to be doing. And when he does that to us, he just shows up and says, hey, I know you had a bad weekend. I know you went out and and blew it all, you know, did your thing. But listen, it's Monday. I love you. I got a plan for you. Let's get back going on that plan. And he would do that to me so many times. John, You you went out there and you did what you knew to do. You did what you always do. And now, this week, let's get it back going again. You know what? What I figured out probably a bunch of years back is he's going to do that every week until I didn't go out and, you know, do my thing It uh it didn't help me doing that. It just in my mind made me feel like a hypocrite. You know? That's why I didn't go to church. They were like, you know when John's not doing good, he doesn't come to church. Yeah, 'cause I'm not I'm not gonna fake it. Like I'm either always doing it or I am not doing it at all. I just I can't do fake. I just I, I don't I don't do well with that. You you I mean if you know me, I can't handle I just can't do it. Uh, it just doesn't work. It just feels weird. I would rather just be real. I'm not afraid to be real. When I'm real, I feel like myself. And and I, and I always feel like God can bless if I'm real. He can't bless if I'm fake. He can't bless who I want to be. He's only going to bless who I am. And, and he can only anoint who I am, not who I want to be. So um, I found it to be more effective just being real. And so, I see exactly what the story is saying in John 21. It makes perfect sense to me. He does that to me all the time. But you know what? I don't realize it a lot. I don't. I uh, When I see people that need money, I look at them differently now. I think to myself, that's probably the Lord sitting right there seeing what i'm up to seeing how i'm going to respond and uh and so i always if i've uh, if i've got something to give them if i've got to go inside the store i go and do it you know i, I just I, I try to do something give them a chick-fil-a card here's a sandwich hey uh bless you man you know because i want to see the lord i want to see him and so what i realize is even when I was addicted and in my mess and all my junk, people were showing up to me. The Lord was showing up, at, in, you know, as a person to me. Hey brother, you had you had a flat. Let me help you with the flat. Hey man, God bless you. Jesus loves you. You know, I'd be like, yeah, right, whatever. You know, thanks for the help. You know, um, but that's how it is. He, it's it's a body of Christ. And he knows what we need when we need it. And so sometimes somebody will call you. Hey, just thinking about you and you're having a terrible day. You know, you're just like, man, I'm ready to throw the towel in. It's the Lord. He's calling you. He's checking on you. He's loving on you. He's wanting you to know that he's with you. And he's there. And and as you begin to focus in on him, you notice that you're at peace. You're just, you're just content. You're, you're not restless. You're just real settled. And that's what Jesus does. And so, I mean, I don't know about you guys. You live in the same world I live in. It is crazy. It was crazy before. Listen, it's always going to be crazy. But really, I mean, nowadays, you can barely watch the news. It just zaps all your joy, your peace. It sucks it away. So for me, as I'm bringing this to a close, I stay informed, but I unplug. I just, I can't handle it. People call me and they have bad situations and they need hope and they need compassion. And if I don't have it, I can't give it. And so my job is to stay full in here. I'm going to stay full. And so I'm going to hang out with Jesus. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, give me. I need your peace. I need to focus in on you. So when somebody calls me, I can pour fresh hope from heaven into their heart. And Because that's what people would do for me. They would always just, hey, John, hey, listen, keep going, brother. Listen, God is with you. He is for you. He hasn't given up on you. And that's what you, you you just got to fill yourself up with the right things. I'm going to bring this to a close. But there's a few things I wanted to share. A lot of times, the Lord loves on me through my kids. Deacon will tell me right before I, I close the door to come down here. He said, Mommy, I love Daddy. And man, you'll never know what that does to me. It just rocks my world. I mean, it just messes me up. You know, you want to mess me up, that that messes me up. But God knows what you need. And he wants to love on you. And that's what he was doing with my son. Is he was loving on me through my kids. And... That's good because, listen, Deacon's seen me have some bad days. He's seen Daddy have some bad days. You know? But you know what? That boy loves me. And that's how God feels about you. You've had some bad days. You've had some bad weeks. You've made some bad choices. But it doesn't change. Somebody told me a long time ago, you can't do something to make God start loving you because he was loving you before you did anything. There was nothing you could do to make him love you more. He already loved you as much as as he could, and you did nothing. All, all that we do, we just, we come to realize that he has loved us <clears throat> from the beginning of time. And we're ever figuring that out. Wow, he has been loving me for, Ever. Like, that day when I was mocking him, he was just loving me, blessing me. I'll tell you something else, too. He'll use people to love on you. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. Bear's saying it again. He will use whatever means necessary so you know he loves on you. You will, you will have to forcefully, blatantly shove him out of your life because all he'll do is love on you. And that doesn't mean all pretty good goosebump feeling. Sometimes it is like that. But a lot of times it's, hey, that was a dumb decision. You know? I mean that's love. No, no problem. Sometimes there's, you know, love looks a little different. But you always feel his heart like he cares for you. He's not condemning you. He's not judging you. He's not being ugly to you. He's loving you because that brings you to him. He knows how to get you to him. And that works every time. The Bible says kindness Draws all men and women to repentance. It does. It does. When you go to church and you feel the presence of God, you weep. That's just natural. Because all you're thinking about is your sin and how you shouldn't be loved on. That's what I think about. But He just, He knows how to do it. I'm going to ask you two questions. And I'm going to close with this, okay? Do you love Jesus? Because he loves you. Them statements, I've heard them my whole life. And they've always impacted me. Do you love Jesus? Because he loves you. And then the other statement I'm going to say is, do you know the Lord? And does he know you? Because I, I, I knew that Jesus loved me. I just didn't love him back. I didn't know how. I didn't even know how to love myself. And so there was a process. There was a relationship that had to be uh, partaken. You know, I had to get into relationship with Jesus and get serious about it. Not like once a week, but every day, you know? Once a week, marriage would be a terrible marriage, right? Just try dating a girl one day a week. Come on, that ain't gonna work. And then the second question is, do you know the Lord and does he know you? Because you can know about him and not know him. And then the other other aspect is him not know you 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 never allowed him to get to know you i mean of course he knows everything about you but he wants in your heart he he wants in that heart and you know I, there's a bible verse that says when you, when you get to heaven there's a statement that he could say i never knew you the meaning that he wants to know our 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 secret place our innermost being and what i the, the the word that i felt necessary to share tonight was let him get into your intimate heart let be intimate with the lord that facilitates recovery you know he'll walk you out of any any addiction any any chain you have He'll walk you out of it because he wants to to walk you into something else. Now, you can physically walk out of all kinds of things and then walk into nothing. That's not his plan for you. His plan is to walk you out of prisons and walk you into pastures, green pastures. And so I'm going to pray at the end. And I want you to think about that. Before you go to bed tonight, I want you to think about that. Do you know the Lord? Do you know that He loves you? And do you love Him? These are super important. I ask myself these questions. Does He know me? Or do I just know about Him? You know? I mean, you can be a... Listen, I've been to Bible school, and I'm finishing it up. And you can know a lot about the Lord and never know Him. And that's not my goal. My goal is to know him over anything else. It, the rest of stuff, it doesn't even matter to me. If I don't know him, if I do his work without his heart, I have made a mess. And that's not my goal. Not my goal. So, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for every person that, that is watching currently live. And that is going to watch it in the future. God, I pray these, these questions, as they have arrested my heart, Lord, they would arrest their heart, Lord. In this day, God, you want your people and the people that are not your people, the unbelievers and the believers alike, you want them to know that you love them and you want the love reciprocated. God, you want to be loved by them. And Lord, the secondly is you want them to know you and you want to know them. Lord, I pray that these two things could happen. Tonight, this week, this month, Lord, throughout this year, let it never happen to anybody on this broadcast And anybody that watches this, for when they do take their last breath to stand before you and you tell them that you don't know them, Lord, let them know you. I pray that they would know you before they know anything else about what's going on in the world, what the next headline is, that they would know your heart. And Lord, you are willing to give your heart out to people that build relationship with you. And uh, and that are consistent and and that just consistently go after you. Lord, you're not looking for perfection. You're looking for pursuit. And uh, Lord, I pray no matter what the situations they're in, maybe they're coming out of teen challenge. Maybe they're coming out of jail. Maybe they're fisting to go into teen challenge. Maybe they're fisting to go into jail. uh, Maybe they're just confused. They're lost. Maybe they're just depressed. Lord, I pray that they would focus on you. You are the answer to every issue, every problem. And Lord, I pray it would be genuine, not cliche, not religious, but God, it would be real, genuine hunger. And it would be an encounter, Lord. You are the answer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you need, uh, if you have any questions, just let us know. Message us. I I hope it was a blessing to you. I'll tell you what, it's it's uh it's been it's been a good hour for me, you know. I, I enjoy, I enjoy hanging out with the Lord and hanging out with you guys. And uh, anytime we're together, He's there. We're, we're we're online, but you know, we are focused on Him. What what's He talking about? What's He thinking? What's His headline? What is Heaven's headline? Oh, good job, Tim. Thank you. All right, you ready? So, this is the overcomer's creed. We declare, all these are biblical over our life. We declare the word of God. We believe the word of God. If you say something over yourself, it could happen, and it does. It does happen. The word of God is powerful, and it'll change your life. All right, you ready? I am an overcomer. Through Christ, my life has been restored. By his word, my mind is being renewed. In his presence, I find strength and direction. My dignity has been restored. My destiny is being discovered. I am a new creation. From this moment on, I will move forward with my new life. I am an overcomer. You are. Guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, you have a wonderful weekend, and uh, enjoy yourself. Take some time just to enjoy yourself, okay? Talk to you later. Bye.